<laughs> You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. I have the weirdest bug up my butt about which movies. I remember seeing The Crucible when I was way too young to see The Crucible, and I got so mad. I was just like, they did what? And I just fell down this kid rabbit hole reading about the Salem witch trials and the witch trials throughout the rest of the world. And I was like, how come we're not constantly screaming about this? I eventually got into horror movies, and I was like, I don't understand how you can do witch movies that start off with like, oh, look at this witch. It's like she's an innocent person. She's being oppressed and burned. And then she comes back from the grave and she is, in fact, a witch and has all these powers. And you're like, so they were right? Unclear of what the message is that these films are sending us here. You know, it'd be like making a Holocaust movie. And then after they kill them, turns out they really did have evil magical powers and were in- infiltrated all of the world's economy. Oh, God. And like, what? Damn. No, why would you do that? That's wrong. There's a comparison. <laughs> well, even if the, the witches were witches for realsies you shouldn't murder people good rule of thumb brad thank you (laughs) now this movie we're watching the reckoning is not one of those movies first off let me say that is like oh look we like torturing this innocent person and then it turns out they really were a witch it's not one of those movies like pretty much every other witch movie ever made maybe not the devils by ken russell but what it is (laughs) is that whole first part oh she's a witch an hour and a half of torture. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, it's a revenge action film. <laughs> yeah, for the last 20 minutes. Don't get me wrong. I'm sitting watching this going, there's only one thing they could do here that would make me even feel okay at all with having sat through an hour and a half of torturing a woman. You know, going, yes, well, this is bad, but you're still showing it too long. Is that if she went and killed everybody. And then when it's happening, you're like, oh, well, this is kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> We're reviewing The Reckoning. I was excited about this because this is by one of my favorite horror directors, Neil Marshall, who has done a lot of super good stuff, like The Descent, Dog Soldiers. He's a director that has done some really interesting stuff. Not always great, but he circles around great. And this one stars Charlotte Kirk. And I recognize the name. I'm like, where do I know that name from? You don't know Charlotte Kirk from movies. You know her from article after article going, the woman who brought down Hollywood. (laughs) She is still in the middle of this huge controversial thing where apparently she was in relationships that it's still unclear what was involved with any number of billionaire Hollywood moguls. She brought down the head of Warner Brothers because of whatever's going on in their relationship and 3,000 lawsuits that are going on. You know, young actress wanted to work, was told by these rich, powerful old men, yeah, you know, sleep with me and I'll totally give you work. Uh, Sign this NDA agreement first, though. And so it's crazy. There's like, believe me, you can fall down a rabbit hole and read her whole story and still no one really knows what's 
what's going on yet because everybody has NDAs. But that's about to break wide open. Meanwhile, hey, she finally got a big role in something. And uh, it's with her fiance, Neil Marshall, the director. I had a feeling when I saw how many times her name popped up in the credits. I was like, someone's doing someone. She co-wrote it, but still, I'm like, I mean, obviously we're in the Me Too era. I can't wait for these NDAs to get overturned so we can hear what actually fucking happened. This lady probably was very taken advantage by by a lot of old fucked up dudes in Hollywood. Definitely transfers over into this film, for sure. And she co-wrote this film with Neil Marshall. Knowing the background doesn't hurt at all realizing why this got made. And it also doesn't hurt in figuring out why it's not one of the best written of his films, because it's kind of more motivated by anger than it's motivated by good storytelling. But that's my opinion. I'm not alone here. Joining me is Brad. Hello. Melina. I almost said witch. Because <laughs> <laughs> on the screen it says witch. How dare you? I'm not a witch. This is not my nose. It's a false one. Hello, everybody. Okay, we did the nose a bit. But she's a witch. And then Tessa. <laughs> Tessa, who's totally, totally not, not a witch. Totally not a witch. Though. 100%. Not a witch. I'm always kind of questioning films that start out with like the exposition at the beginning, especially if it's like inspired by actual events and they explain to us what witch hunts are. Like you, Chris, I also like history that's messed up. I'm like, why are they telling this all at the beginning? I feel like if this is good storytelling, they'll just do it. Films that need exposition scrolling are like sci-fi or fantasy films that need to like give us the outlandish setting that's not our world, you know? But that's just maybe a personal preference of mine. No, but who doesn't know about the witch trials, right? Like you immediately, I mean, you walked into a horror movie that's not playing major theaters called The Reckoning, like in 20 second you're like oh okay i know what's happening here Mm -hmm. do we need the text scroll i was gonna say i'm like do you need to say that this was inspired by actual events it's like yeah we know that's like opening like you were saying like a holocaust movie and being like by the way this happened (laughs) just for the two people who aren't clear all i can think is is because they were trying to say okay i know this is a horror movie but we're also being very serious and we want you to know that this is serious Mm -hmm. and it felt like maybe that was it like yeah we okay yeah you're clearly serious it really is a pretty straightforward story charlotte kirk plays grace so this movie starts dark as fuck as it's going back in time between saying that her husband has died has hung himself and she's digging his grave in the pouring rain flashing back and forth in that and when they're married and they have a kid he's in this pub and he drinks from the glass of a guy who had the plague and he got the plague and you know basically it comes down to he killed himself because he didn't want her to get the plague and he knew he was gonna die okay evil landlord shows up and goes like there's no way you're gonna run this place by yourself and you can't afford to pay me rent so why don't you just let me rape you repeatedly as much as i want that seems like a fair deal for medieval times right it's not even medieval times. Jesus. 1665. No. I, oh, I was thinking of the restaurant. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of rape at that restaurant from what I hear. Oh, no. <laughs> That's <fun>. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I don't know. anyway so she's like no get the fuck out of here and we all know in these type of movies if a dude is rejected what's gonna happen he's gonna go which which he does she's grabbed she's brought in she's put in a dungeon she hallucinates a lot about her husband about for some reason satan was that supposed to be satan they're going with none of this is real why is she having dreams about satan okay Uh, and meanwhile the tortury guy played by the great Sean Pertwee, you know, who's been in a number of movies by Neil Marshall. He's like, oh, well, day by day, we'll get you to do this. And more and more, it's like, wow, nobody's ever lasted this long before. I, I got to admit, you know, I mean, I know I'm just like a weird 
dude with like a bunch of ugly bumps on him who works in a dungeon, but I'm impressed. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks. Like, what do you, what do you even say that? Like, thanks. I have a high threshold for pain. Is that era's version of a feminist ally? <laughs> Oh, God. Outside of the absurd action movie it becomes at the end of it, that's the whole movie I just told you. And most of it is just her being in the dungeon, occasionally having repetitive hallucinations, and then being tortured in ways that why anyone would want to watch, I'm unclear on. And the thing is, you make it sound like it's torture porn. It's really not. A lot of it is implied. Most of what we see Mm. is, I guess they borrowed the Greyjoys, or not, I'm sorry, not the Greyjoys. I'm thinking about Game of Thrones because Neil Marshall has done Game of Thrones. The Boltons? I'm thinking of the machine that Ramsay was putting people on. And I was like, oh, I guess they borrowed that from the set because maybe they had it left over. She spends most of the movies just sitting (laughs) on that thing and they keep showing these scary gadgets and they're like, okay, well, when the camera cuts back, she's going to have blood all over her dress. And well, you get it. If people are worried about torture porn, it's not that. But then at the same time, I'm like, if you're not going to make it torture porn, then why spend an hour and 30 minutes of the film focusing on just that? Because I don't know how you make torture boring, but they managed to do it. (laughs) (laughs) During the feetsy stuff, I went like this. And it wasn't that much to hide your head from her. It was more like, we'll show you what we're going to do to her. Mm -hmm. Here's the device. And now here's the after effect of just, she's got a bloody smock. You're like, okay. Well. The pair. The less said about the pair, the better. (laughs) Yeah, that that was (laughs) an actual device. I actually did a high school essay report on medieval torture devices. So I knew what everything was. (laughs) And so I was just like, oh, yeah, I remember that. But mostly I did that essay because it was like a 15 page essay. And I was like, well, it should be something interesting so I don't get bored. And then also, (laughs) if it's something really inappropriate, they won't make me read it all out loud in front of the class. (laughs) So not the pair then. (laughs) But you're guaranteed to get an A. It's one of those where you go to the professor and be like, I dare you to not give me a high grade after I talk about that. Plus, she's also on the school psychologist watch list at that point. You know it. (laughs) Yeah, I had some issues with this as far as, like, accuracy goes. Like, did plague doctors, like take accused witches i don't think that was part of a plague doctor's like job and then secondly (laughs) at the end there's a character who's like on fire and jumps out of a window into a small like wagon with hay in it and it explodes like something from aqua teen hunger force like when you drop a pencil i was like was that just hay or was there like really dried dung and it's explosive like what was in that carriage anyways the wagon was a pinto So I'm amazed it didn't explode by someone just touching it a little too hard, let alone someone falling onto it in flames. Also, the guy's assistant who's like covered in burn scars. There's a scene, they do a flashback of when she was like burned at the stake. You know, she was spared because it started raining and God wanted to save her or whatever. But she is so covered in scars from like her head to her shoulders. But she still has a dress that's not burnt off or gone. If you guys know this but when they burn a witch at the stake they light the flames at the feet and it goes up so the clothes would be gone god hates nudity the dress was spared <laughs> the cleansing flames of god aren't gonna let you see boobs apparently god hates nudity unless it's charlotte kirk because my god she spends most of the movie oh yeah this is directed by someone who did game of thrones there's one sex scene they just keep showing <laughs> <laughs> He's not even there in that scene. It's just her. And he's all like, 
How long are we going to shoot this, Neil? And Neil's all like, shh, I'm almost finished. <laughs> there is something weirdly fetishy about putting your fiancé in this movie and not just shooting a sex scene that they keep showing, but, you know, I mean, extended whipping and torture scenes. I'm like, what's going on in this boudoir? <laughs> yeah, when I saw the title of this, I saw, like, The Reckoning. I was like, this is either, like, you say it like it's a metal band, like, The Reckoning, or, you know. <laughs> With an yeah, or my hillbilly brain goes the reckoning y'all i mean i reckon it's a witch movie <laughs> is billy ray cyrus in this <laughs> thank god no <laughs> but some good things were the sfx the special effects were pretty good i didn't think they were terrible i just didn't think there was anything to write home about either yeah. you know and it's also yeah. weirdly conservative about showing the actual violence for a movie that at points gets it's like whoa that was a lot and then it's like things you expect to be a lot aren't it was kind of weird decision making but ultimately the biggest problem is the script is just kind of fucking terrible like the dialogue is all so bad and stilted and i don't even think charlotte kirk is a terrible actress she's nobody you would go oh wow she's got lots of possibility but i was ready for her to be like okay well this she's gonna be bad and she's not she's fine and she's openly said she apparently is rather high on the asperger's i don't know if you say asperger's scale but very high on the autism scale and she's battled it her whole career but also says that's partially why she wanted to be an actress so it's interesting for someone to admit that and you want to watch them as an actor and say well how do you work with that and i guess she does just fine and she is a striking woman there's no doubt about that she's very tall and statuesque i mean but i didn't think she or anyone else in here really gave a performance that makes you go okay well at least it's worth watching for that the guy who plays the witch watcher or the witch finder whatever the witch finder general sean pertwee i really liked him I thought he had really good charisma. I liked his creep factor. I thought he was frightening and compelling and he did the best that he could with the material to where I wasn't noticing the crappy dialogue as much when he was there to deliver it with Stephen Waddington, who plays asshole landlord number 999. He was cartoony as hell, but when you have an actor who's as good as I think he is, a lot of people might remember him as being the really sweet, nice guy in the friend zone from Last of the Mohicans. He is not that here. <laughs> but I did enjoy him and the fact that he was able to kind of overcome the writing that he was given. Of course, for that period of time, he probably did consider himself in the friend zone, right? He's like, man, I fucking was like raping that chick and she totally <laughs> stopped me. I mean, why is she throw me in the friend zone like that? 1616 England. <laughs> <laughs> It was a different world back then. That guy was a feminist at the time. This is almost two hours long, and it's just kind of exhausting and repetitive, and you've seen a lot of it before. The only thing really to recommend here at all is the fact that the ending is so absurd. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a weird 80s action film out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's like... And it's not a good thing as filmmaking goes, and it makes no sense because it's out of tone with everything else in this movie, but at least it was fun to watch. I thought she was going to just choose to live deliciously, not turn into fucking Assassin's Creed. (laughs) Yeah, it got very silly. Well, let's go to final thoughts. Brad, get us started. I did like the end of this film because Neil Marshall, I think, films action very well. I mean, this woman holding up whatever type of blade it was. Claymore? Was it a Claymore? Maybe. Thank you. At that angle with the fire backlit, like, whoa, she's badass and cool. And I say that with sincerity. It's a very long movie, and I was 
dozing and dizzying like uh, <laughs> towards a lot of the middle, especially when she's in the dungeon having her fever dreams. And the fever dreams, I suppose, could be interpreted, but it doesn't matter if you do that or not. Not according to this script. I also liked the comeuppance. The final comeuppance shot is such an 80s action movie. That's something you'd see in like a Sylvester Stallone thriller, you know, where the bad guy gets his final <laughs> confrontation with himself, you could even say. And it's like, yeah, it sucks to be you, bro. And if somebody shouted that, it would have fit. So I'm going to give this one six dirty bastard husbands under 10 wagon wheels. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of those moments that you're like, because like I said, a lot of this in that gory and then out of nowhere, there's this sploosh shot. I was like, what the fuck was that? I was like, when did this become Midsommar? I was like, that was that level. Now, just now. So weirdly out of place. Good for her. (laughs) Uh, Tessa, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I've seen a fair amount of witch films. Um, You giving us the backstory on the actress and that she wrote it and what her life is like. It makes a whole lot more sense. That said, it was okay. It didn't even middling. Nothing really blew my mind. Like I said, there were some logical inconsistencies with some of the stuff not being super duper accurate. Things being way more explosive than maybe they should be. In general, things when they went and caught on fire, they caught on <laughs> fire. <laughs> just went up. You know, I was really kind of halfway expecting her to try and make money making medicine and herbs because when her husband first got sick like first thing she did was like i'm gonna go in the forest i'm gonna find some shit and like you're gonna get better and so i thought it was gonna go a totally different route i thought she was gonna like start making money and actually be able to pay off her bills with like making medicines and then they were gonna be like she's a witch because she heals people and it's a good thing but for some reason we're mad about it because she won't have sex with the landlord i don't know (laughs) anyways but totally didn't go that way and it went straight to them jumping the gun i don't i don't know i feel like this could have done some different things to maybe improve a little bit and like you said the writing wasn't great She said a line that was definitely a nod to the Me Too movement when the landlord was like, you know, how are you going to manage? And she's like, I'll persist. And I was like, I don't know if that was quite a colloquialism then. I think she probably would have said, like, I'll persevere. You know, that seemed a bit more how people talked back then. So that was like a definite nod to the Me Too movement. I have a lot of mixed feelings about this film now. I'm going to give it a five out of ten goblets of booze you should not drink out of. Uh, Melina. To your point, Tessa, yeah, there's a lot of moments in here where I'm like, I don't think people talked like that back then. They literally said, okay. But regardless, Chris, you talking about the actress and what she's gone through, it doesn't change my feelings about the movie. It definitely adds context, but I would say that this plays to a lot of the problems I have with a lot of the horror movies I'm seeing lately, which is that they're like, we have a point that we're trying to make and that should be enough for you to like this. And I'm like, it's not, you actually have to be able to tell a good story in addition to making a point. And I feel like this is so obsessed with trying to tell you something that we pretty much all know the witch trials were horrible. And you talk to a lot of women now, they say that it's still medieval in a lot of ways. I thought this movie just had a lot of problems with the way that it was structured. I thought that the dialogue was pretty hokey a lot of the time. You could see how small the budget was considering a lot of this. I was like, this just looks like people in costumes. It doesn't really give you a sense of the time. 
that last third, while it was fun to watch because, you know, you can't help but root for her when she does this. I was just like, this is so silly. And it just comes out of left field in such a way where I'm like, this is goofy. And this really doesn't make any sense considering where we've been this whole time. I thought that the lead actress, I thought she was fine. She's emotive. A lot of people in here are. But I think that this is definitely a pass. This is, this is a skip. I would rather just go watch Practical Magic again. I actually have more fun with that as a witch movie than this one. I'm going to give this five out of ten times that I really wanted to see Eric Idle walking by going, Bring out your dead! <laughs> Gong. <laughs> I really didn't ultimately like this movie at all. I thought it was pretty awful. I think I enjoyed that last 10, 15 minutes because it was so absurd and, and funny, the, the silly action revenge thing it was doing. When it, the whole rest of the movie, it so desperately wants to be taken seriously with some of the most terrible, overwrought dialogue. You can tear my flesh break my bones because I will not bear false witness. And even more delightfully, when she turns to Sean Pertwee and goes, my will is stronger than yours. And I was Labyrinth? like, Goblin King? <laughs> 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 you know? Yeah, Tessa and I were both thinking the same thing. We're like, I mean, if it had been me and it was David Bowie, I'd be like, you can do what you want yeah. with me. I'm here. But... Do what you will. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, yeah, I thought this was terrible. Maybe worth laughing at to some degree. And I hate that there's a movie about this topic that is trying to be relevant. It's just doing it so poorly and handedly that you can't help but laugh at it. It's a real shame. And it also makes me feel bad this actress who's been fighting for so long and dealt with so much of this Me Too stuff. So many men, big, ugly Hollywood guys who've taken advantage of her finally gets a role with a big movie director and it's fucking terrible. It's one of the worst movies he's ever made. So, uh, oh well, the shame all around. I'm going to give this two and a half out of ten times I said I would much prefer to see Vincent Price torturing people. (laughs) That's always true. (laughs) He's the Witchfinder General, the most classic, uh, maybe the best witch movie ever made. I'm just Do an impression. (laughs) No, I'm not going to do an impression. (laughs) Now, Brad, you can do an impression if you like. Oh, no, I'm not of someone who gave so much to so many people. Just quote Thriller, it's fine. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Some other time, yeah. The 13 Ghosts of (laughs) (laughs) Scooby-Doo! Nailed it. (laughs) 